بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد So continuing with our study of this hadith Hadith number 40 from the 40 ahadith of Imam al-Nawi rahimahullah ta'ala. We have completed our, our study of this hadith and all that remains is the summary of the benefits. This tremendous hadith where Allah's Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam, he took the shoulder, he took the shoulder of Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhuma and he said to him kun fid dunya ka'annaka gharib wa'abir sabil be in this world as though you're a stranger or a passerby and then Ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhuma he used to say idha amsayta fala tantadhir as-sabah wa idha asbahta fala tantadhir al-masa' wa khudh min sihhatika limaradik وَمِنْ حَيَاتِكَ لِمَوْتِكَ He would say, If you reach the evening, then don't wait for the morning. And if you reach the morning, then don't wait for the evening. Take from your sickness, take from your health before your sickness. And take from your life before your death. This is the mentality of the believer. This is a mindset that the believing man and the believing woman is meant to have. That a person may have a doubt concerning certain occurrences that may or may not occur in the future. For example, person may be doubtful. Maybe I'm going to become a rich person. Maybe I won't. A person's doubtful. Maybe I'll live to see my grandchildren and even great-grandchildren, but maybe not. He's not sure. But those matters which there is no doubt about, that single matter that the hearts are sure of, that matter that the souls are convinced about, is the matter of departing this world. This world that we're in, as Abdullah ibn Mas'ud has clearly said, and as the Messenger alayhi salatu clearly advised him, this world is a passing world. It's not a permanent world. It's a world for travelling through and departing from. In this world, the doers of good, they'll do good. And the doers of evil, they'll commit evil. And then all of us will relocate into the afterlife to stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so the one that has been granted success by Allah is the one who has been blessed to remember death. Because death, it destroys all forms of worldly pleasures that a person enjoys. Allah's Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam, he would say, أَكْثِرُوا مِن ذِكْرِ Increase in the remembrance of the destroyer 
of pleasures. This advice that the Messenger gave, it was an advice for us to remember what? To remember this matter that Abdullah ibn Mas'ud Abdullah ibn Umar is highlighting in this hadith to remember death. And the Messenger did not just command us to remember death, he commanded us to remember it and to remember it in abundance. But a lot of people, you'll find that they don't like to hear death being mentioned, especially in these lands, these lands of disbelief. You'll find a lot of people, they don't like death being mentioned. And if you ever do remind him of death, then that person will, will reply to you by saying, you're a gloomy person. You have a gloomy outlook on life. You're a pessimistic individual. You're a person who has a depressed outlook on life. So our response to such people is that yes, we swear by Allah. Indeed life, it is something that is gloomy. Life is something that is depressing for the one who looks at this life without any hope in the afterlife. The one who looks at this life thinking and believing that he'll stay in this life forever and once he leaves this world there's nothing for him yes for that type of person who doesn't hope in an afterlife for him death is something that is depressing death is something that is gloomy but as for the people of deen as for the people of righteousness as for the people of worship they are a people who do not become gloomy and depressed by remembering death in fact they love remembering death because death it brings contentment to their hearts and it cuts off any attachment that they have for this world because by remembering death they know and they realize that regardless of how long they may live in this life they shall inevitably depart from it and thus they fill this life with righteous actions and preparation for the standing before Rabbul Alameen subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the reality of this world. We're going to move on from it. Just as the best of people, they moved on from this life. The prophets of Allah, the awliya of Allah, the salihun, they all departed from this life. They all left from this life. They came into this world and then they left this world and now our time, it is soon coming. We're going to depart from this world, whether we like it or not. If death has skipped past us today in pursuit of someone else, then today it's going to be skipping past someone else in pursuit of us. If it's the case that death has been passing by, passing you by, you're there, death passes you by and it snatches the soul of someone else. Then tomorrow's going to come. When death, it will end up skipping past someone else in pursuit of you. And the reality of death, this matter that the messenger is highlighting in this hadith, this matter that Abdullah ibn Mas'ud is reminding us of in this hadith, this death, once its hour arrives, then it doesn't discriminate. It does not discriminate between the rich and the poor. It doesn't discriminate between the young 
and the old. He doesn't discriminate between the one that is from the upper class people and those that are from the so-called lower class people. No, it snatches away the young man when he's engrossed in his pleasure. It snatches away the old man when he's in a state of idleness. It snatches away the rich man when he's immersed in his luxury. The reality of death is that it's like a guest. It is a guest, that guest that you never know when he's going to come knocking on your door. And it's a guest that in reality doesn't knock on your door. It doesn't seek any permission. It doesn't give a certain time. But rather death, its reality is such that it's a guest that comes, it opens your door, it comes inside and it takes you out without any permission, without any isti'dhan. So now think about those people that are wise. Those people who have a guest coming towards them. Those people that have a guest coming towards their door. They'll set aside something from their salary. Just in case that unexpected guest does end up arriving. He has something from his money. Something from his wealth. Something from food. Set aside. Just in case. A unexpected visitor. An unexpected guest comes knocking on his door. That is the reality of death. That is the reality of death. You never know when it's going to come. And so you should set something aside for this unexpected guest when he comes knocking on your door. Prepare for it. Prepare for it by righteous deeds. So when he does come to you, you have something that you can meet death with. Because if you're not prepared for death, if you're not prepared for the guest of death, then you're going to be like a drunken man. Like a man that is drunk, unable to contain his terror and his fright tomorrow on the Day of Judgment. Allah Jalla wa ala, he says, يَوْمَ يَفِرُّ الْمَرْءُ مِنْ أَخِيهِ وَأُمِّهِ وَأَبِيهِ وَصَاحِبَتِهِ وَبَنِيهِ A person on that day, on the Day of Judgment, He's going to run away from everybody. He's going to run away from his brother. He's going to run away from his mother. He's going to run away from his father. He's going to run away from his wife. He's going to run away from his children. Why? Because on that day, every single person is going to be bothered about whom? Bothered about his wife? Bothered about his father? Bothered about his children? No. Every single person on that day is going to be bothered about nobody except himself. A person's going to come. A man will come to his own children, to his own son on Yom Al-Qiyamah. And he's going to say, Oh, my son, what type of father was I to you? And so the son will say, By Allah, you are the best father to me. And so the father will say, Then, O oh my son, a mustard seed's worth of a good deed I ask from you, so that I may be saved from the terror that you yourself are seeing today. And the son will say, O oh my father, there is no chance of me doing that at all. There is no chance of me giving even a 
mustard seed, weight worth of a deed to you. Why? Because I wish to be saved from the very same thing that you wish to be saved from today. A person, he'll approach his wife. He'll say to his wife, oh, so-and-so, what type of husband was I to you? And she'll praise him with good. And then he'll say to her, then a mustard seed worth of a good deed I ask from you, so that I may be saved from the terror that you yourself are facing today. What's your wife going to say? What's your wife going to say? She'll say, there is no chance of me doing that. Indeed, I wish to be saved from the very same thing that you wish to be saved from today. A person comes to his own mother, or rather the mother, she comes to her son, she comes to her daughter, and then what does she say? My child, my stomach, it was a container for you. My child, my stomach, it was a home for you. And I carried you with pain in this stomach. Did I do good to you? Yes, mother, you did. Then all I request from you is a mithqal of a dharra. A mustard seed's worth of a good deed. So that I can be saved from what you say. I can be saved from what you see today. And you're going to say, no, my mother. I have no possession. I have no ability to help you. I want to be saved from the thing that you want to be saved from today. Requests, demands on Yawm Al-Qiyamah shall not be made in their millions, not in their dollars, not in their pounds, not in the dinars, not in any monetary currency, but rather requests and demands shall be made on Yawm Al-Qiyamah for deeds, deeds that are even as little as a mustard seed worth of a good deed. Therefore upon us, is to act, act right now, while we're in the time of respite. Act right now, while there is a chance for us to earn those deeds, those deeds that are worth even the weight of a mustard seed. And this is what the Messenger, alayhi salatu wasalam, is trying to remind us of in this hadith. This is what Abdullah ibn Umar, radiallahu ta'ala anhumah, is reminding us of in this hadith, reminding us of the reality of life, reminding us of the reality of the existence of this life, reminding us of the reality of the afterlife, and that that is the true life. And so we have to prepare for it. Look at life, how it's really meant to be looked at. Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala, he gave a fantastic example about the reality of this life. Among the examples that he gave is that this life, it is like the example of a man who has three brothers. A man who has three brothers. So he comes to those brothers and he says that, my brothers, I'm about to leave. I'm about to depart. I'm about to go on a, on a journey. And therefore, I need your help. I need your assistance. And this is the time in my life when I need the most assistance from you. This is the most pressing time of my life when I urgently require your assistance. 
So who's going to help me? So one brother says, I've been a brother to you. I've been a companion to you. Up until this point. But after this point, no longer am I a brother to you. No longer will I be able to assist you. No longer will I be able to aid you. I can't go on the journey with you. I can't help you. I can't assist you. Goodbye. That's one brother. And so the person says to him, You've been of no use to me. What about you? He says to the second brother. So second brother then says, Listen, I've been with you throughout life. I've been through, through the trials, through the ups and downs of life. And I'm still going to be with you. I'm going to accompany you in terms of getting you ready. I'll help you get ready. I'll help you make your preparations for your journey. I'll bid you farewell even. But after that, no longer am I a companion for you. No longer am I a brother for you. You go your way. And I'll go my way. So what does the person say to him? You've been of no use to me. Now he looks at the third brother. What about you? What do you have to offer? And so the third brother he says. Listen. I've been with you. Since day dot. I've been with you since the beginning. I've been with you through thick and thin. I've been with you and I'll stick with you. I'll help you get prepared for your journey. I'll help you get ready for your journey. I'll help you. And not just that. I'll go off with you on the journey. And I'll stick with you. Wherever you depart, I'll depart. Whenever you stop, I'll stop. Whenever you continue on your journey, I'll continue with your journey. I'll stick with you. I'll stay with you. I'll never ever leave you. This is the reality of life. These three brothers are the reality of life. Number one, the one that was with you, but then when you went on your journey, he left you. What is that? That's your wealth, your money, your houses, your respect, your honour, your prestige, your power. Everybody knows, don't mess with him. Why? Because he's got backup. That is your backup. That is with you, stays with you, up until death reaches you. At that point, your money is going to leave you. At that point, your wealth is going to leave you. At that point, everything's going to leave you. Your respect is going to leave you. Your houses are going to leave you. Your dignity is going to, your authority is going to leave you. People used to consider you to be something big. All of that respect is going to go on. It's going to go. So that's the first brother. Second brother is whom? Second brother is the one that stays with you throughout life. Second brother is the one 
that even when you're preparing for your journey, it helps you get ready. Who is that? That is your family. That is your relatives. Your wife. Your sons. Your daughters. Your mother perhaps. Your father perhaps. Your uncles, your aunties, your cousins. They're there for you in life, aren't they? And they're with you throughout life. Ups and downs of life. And even at death they're with you standing there while you're dying. And even once your soul it leaves your body. Then isn't it the case that your family is with you? That son that might be sitting with you or that son that you love dearly. That son is most likely going to be washing your body. So he's there with you even after you've died. Even as you're in the process of moving on into the afterlife. Even before you're entered into your grave. Your son is there washing your body. Lifeless body. Your daughter is there wrapping your body in the shroud. Your family members are there lowering your body into your grave. Perhaps your mother, your father are there covering your body with the soil for your grave. So that's the reality of the second brother, meaning your family. Your family is there in life. Your family is there at death. Your family helps you get prepared for the burial of your grave. But then after that, you're on your own. And your family is not going to be there with you and there for you after that. And then as for the third example, that example of those people, that example of that brother that is with you throughout life, prepares you for your journey, goes on, goes on the journey with you and sticks with you, then they are what? That is your bad deeds or your good deeds. They are, they are your actions in this life. Whether good or bad. Whether righteous or unrighteous. Those deeds are going to stick with you. So the talabal ilm that you're doing right now. The seeking of knowledge that you're doing right now. If it's for Allah. It's going to stick with you. It's never going to leave you. Even in your grave. And so you'll find when you enter in your grave. A beautiful appearance comes in front of you. And you say to that beautiful appearance, Who are you? You look familiar. And your face, it gives me glad tidings of goodness. You seem like a good face, a good appearance. And so it says to you, I am your good deeds. I am your good deeds. But if it's the case that you pursue evil in this life, if it's the case that you sit here Seeking knowledge, not for Allah, but for other reasons, to be seen, to be heard. If it's the case that you seek knowledge, you teach knowledge, for other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that crime, that sin, those sins, those deeds, if that is how you live your life, if that is how you perform so-called righteous deeds, then all of those deeds that are in reality evil deeds, because they're done, for other than the sake of Allah, they'll come to you in your grave. And they'll stay within your grave. They'll stick with you in your grave. And you'll say, who are you? Who are you? Your face is an evil face. Your face forewarns evil. 
And then that appearance it will say to you, I am your evil deeds. And all of that will accompany you in your grave. As punishment for you in your grave. As pain and torment for you in your grave. Because of what you earned in this life. And therefore a person needs to be wise. A person needs to be clever. As the Messenger والسلام, is instructing to be in this hadith. In this narration, clever, wise, shrewd, on the ball, that this life is just a journey for me, that this life is just a quick stopping place for me, that tomorrow I don't know if I'm going to reach it, so let me act like now, act in the evening as though I'm not going to reach it. Let me do those deeds right now as though tomorrow is never going to come. Have that mentality. Have that mindset, the mindset of the clever person. As the poet, he said, Inna lillahi ibadan futana. Indeed, to Allah belongs intelligent slaves. Why? dunya wa fitana. They looked inside the world, fearing its evil. Nadaru fiha falamma alimu. When they looked inside this world, they came to know that the dunya is not for a living person, a place to stay. They made the dunya into a lujja, into a sea. And they made their righteous actions in this life as ships that they sail through. That's the mentality of the clever person. He looks at this life as nothing other than a sea, nothing as a, other than a river. And the boat that you need to get through life are your righteous deeds. So that is the reminder that we should take and I should take from this tremendous narration of the Messenger of Allah especially right now in this time when we don't have those regular Admonishments that every single one of us would get every single Friday. As it is the case that we don't have that upon us, upon me, upon you, is to remind ourselves while we're in this state, where no longer do we have that company with the brothers, the sisters no longer have the company with the sisters. Everybody living in this isolation. No more reminders like they used to be before. No more Jum'ah khutbah like it used to be before. No more brotherly company. That company that has a tremendous positive impact upon your soul. None of that. So now it's upon us to remind ourselves regularly. With those admonishments that we need, remind ourselves, remind our, remind others about this matter, about the reality of this life, and to keep our hearts alive, to keep our hearts healthy by thinking and reflecting upon the reality of this life, and that this life is nothing other than a journey. And so let us keep focus the afterlife, keep in our focus the afterlife. 
racing towards it, hastening towards it with righteous deeds. So now as for the hadith, Sheikh Abdul Muhsin Al-Abad's summary to this hadith as far as the benefits are concerned are five. Part number five is a summary of the benefits and those benefits are five. Number one, Al-Hath Ala Istishar Al-Ghurbah Fi Hadihi Al-Hayah Liyasta'id Fiha Bil-A'mal Al-Saliha In this hadith there is an encouragement for a person to feel and to sense the ghurba, the strangeness of this life, the, the, the feeling of being a stranger in this life. Because if you sense and feel and perceive that you're a stranger in this life, then you're going to get ready for the afterlife with righteous actions. Number two. فعل المعلم ما يلفت نظر المتعلم إلى وعي ما يلقى عليه لقول النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام أو لقول عبد الله بن عمر أخذ الرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بمنكبين Number two A teacher should do, should do those things that will cause the learner to turn towards him Turn his attention towards him so that he can he can understand and he can retain what is about to be conveyed to him. The teacher says something to the student. The teacher should say something or do something that is going to promote the retention of whatever information he's going to convey. As the Messenger والسلام, did in this hadith. He took hold of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud's shoulder and then he conveyed to him this hadith. Number three. Mubadarat al-Sahaba ila tanfeel wasaya rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We see how the companions hasten towards executing the advice of the Messenger alayhi salatu wa sallam. Abdullah ibn Umar anhu. He is advised by the Messenger of Allah alayhi salatu wa sallam to be a stranger in this life. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, Abdullah ibn Umar عنهما, He then is known to be someone who says, be in this, he is known to be someone who says, if you reach the morning, then don't expect to live the evening, live till the evening. If you reach the evening, then don't expect to live till the morning. That is him implementing this hadith. It's not just lip service to the hadith. He acts upon it. Number four. Abdullah ibn Umar وَحَثِّ غَيْرِهِ عَلَيْهِ عَلَيْهَا Number four is the virtue of Abdullah ibn Umar that not only did he take the advice of the Messenger of Allah but then he himself encourages other people to take the advice like we should do also. And fifthly and lastly الْحَثَّ عَلَى الْمُبَادَرَةِ إِلَى الْأَعْمَالِ الصَّالِحَةِ دُونَ كَسَلْ أَوْ تَأْخِيرٌ in this hadith is an encouragement for a people to race towards righteous deeds without laziness and without delaying, without procrastinating. So those are the five points of benefit of this hadith. And inshallah ta'ala, the next hadith, which is very, very brief, we will hopefully, bi'ithnillah ta'ala, cover it 
and maybe the hadith that, and the hadith that comes after it and the one after it inshallah ta'ala next lesson bi idnillah ta'ala fajazakum allah ta'ala khaira wallahu ta'ala a'lam wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina muhammad walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin